Well, we want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burroughs, along with T.J. Darty, and we've added a third Reformed Informant today, Josh Sherrill, mm-hmm. and we are the Reformed Informants. Still reforming. Still, re- yeah. Still <laughs> reforming, yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Josh, when... I was thinking about this today, at least in the intro part and introducing you. I, I know we met, obviously, at Countryside, but I couldn't remember the exact time that we met. I think it was Countryside like day, Basketball like League. It, it might have the, been. It might have been. I think probably the first time I met you, you actually sat me down in the middle of the court. <laughs> I was, I was okay. guarding you for some odd reason. Uh, you have probably about 24 inches on me in terms of height. Um, I thought that was it. It's a sanctifying experience. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're just one of the many victims. He couldn't remember which one it was. So, Lance, yeah. is, Lance is a baller. Man, well, that's where I met TJ yeah. as well. Yeah. God's providence. That's right. Or, <laughs> yeah, you, you could say. Yeah, what he does, he just he collects bodies and then he brings them into his home and yeah. he, he says, hey, we're going to be friends now. Um, yeah. After he after he makes sure he establishes his dominance on the court. So, that's what happened. Yeah, well, Joshua, we're glad to have you in here uh, for a couple episodes. I think we've got you set aside on a two-episode contract Man, with an exclusive uh, gift. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and a player option. So long, yeah, player so, option, so long yeah. as this first one goes well. I mean, that's that's <laughs> kind of the standard. But yeah, yeah, Joshua, you and Jessica have been married for how many years now? Six years. Six years. Yeah. Three kiddos. Um, yeah, three kiddos. I, Elijah, I was checking myself there on the six years thing. <laughs> yeah, twenty twelve. So going on seven. Yeah. So Elijah. Almost seven. Judah. Judah's the oldest, Elijah, okay. and then Amos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You find find those names in the Old Testament. Did you well, know? Well, so you know far, that? so far, we've been three for three. Every one of them has demonstrated the gift of prophecy. Yeah. Well, that's okay. excellent. Gosh, that's that's exciting stuff. What, what are you gonna do if you have a little girl? Uh, Deborah. <laughs> I was gonna guess that. Man, that's, that's Mary no brainer. Maybe. <laughs> All right, that's perfect, man. We're we're glad we're glad you're here. Um, and yeah, we, we couldn't be more excited about getting into these episodes uh, with a full me. table of yeah. uh, a full table of informants here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you bet. So we're going to continue our theology proper series. Uh, this is part four. Uh, we're going to look into uh, the work of God, uh, specifically creation and. Uh, providence. But before we get going, T, review us on where we've been, at least in this uh, this series. Yeah, so um, prior to coming to the work of God, uh, we looked at kind of the person or the being of God. Um, we, The first episode in our Theology Proper series, we discussed the names and the being of God as the Spirit, um, as a Spirit, and then we discussed uh, specific attributes of God before jumping into uh, the doctrine of the Trinity. And after, that was an easy one. Yeah, that was no problem. Um, after you discuss who God is, the uh, logical sequence is then to consider what God does or has done. And so after looking at the person or the being of God, we now turn to the works of God. Um, somebody, somebody answer this question. What do we mean when we say the works of God? Right, like, are we talking about the works of the Trinity, the works of the Father? What, what do we mean when we say the work of God? Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you know, the for example, when we get into creation, um, you know, you have all three persons of the Trinity participating mm-hmm. in everything uh, that God does. Now, that uh, doesn't mean that um, you know the Holy Spirit is not the agent for this uh, aspect of the work, or the Son, or the Father, but um, that they all participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, but in particular, when we're talking about the work of God, we're going to primarily be thinking about the Father while simultaneously including the Son and the Spirit yeah, I in think, this way. Yeah, right? I think the plan is to, you know, in future episodes, to also do the work of Christ. Right, right. The work of the Holy Spirit. Although, as Josh mentioned, they're never isolated yeah, from one another yeah. in that activity. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. good to have that balance. So it is a yes, both and answer there. Yeah. Um, so the, the work of God, at least uh, uh, to my knowledge and understanding is, and what I at least saw in the systematics that I looked through are talking about God specifically working in creation um, and then specifically working in uh, sustaining mm-hmm. um 
everything that he has created through providence yeah yeah um those are that's where you start when you think about the work of god the logical and biblical beginning is in his creation so that's where we want to look when we consider the work of god um broadly we start with creation and then the natural corollary that will be the discussion of providence yeah that's where scripture starts right of course yeah scripture starts there um so uh, just kind of kick this off we'll, we'll break up this episode into two yeah. main components creation and providence so to begin with creation why would we study this doctrine or why is this foundational to christianity mm. or systematic theology what, yeah. what do we think yeah well i like what you said a minute ago it's where the bible starts yeah <laughs> i mean you know um in terms of um identifying um even just myself why am i here right um, before I can get to um, why, um, you know, why I need a Savior, for example, mm. um, God has created me, and God has the right, right, to make moral judgments about my life, and even to um, punish my sin, because I am His creature, mm. right? I belong to Him fundamentally in that way. Um, I owe everything I am to Him um, to begin with. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's foundational. Well, and what you've said, I think, really highlights so much the importance of this because it's foundational to those other doctrines, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't come to the gospel, you can't come to the doctrines of justification and sanctification or, or eschatology or anything related to any type of biblical doctrine without the foundation of creation in place. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it establishes the foundation upon which all the other doctrines are going to be built because— as Josh mentioned, this is God's world. This is His creation, um, and He therefore has the right to mandate, direct, um, mm-hmm. judge all the things that come along with that. Yeah, that's the full teaching of Scripture. Right. Although we would say that creation was an isolated event, does all of Scripture talk about creation? Does all of Scripture affirm in multiple places what you guys have both said? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Right. Yeah, we we've talked about yes. the Isaiah forties are loaded with references about yeah. uh, creation. Job, of course, beginning mm-hmm. in Job 38. Yeah. Uh, we can keep going. Of course, with, with yeah. The Psalms, Genesis 1 and 2, you got the New Testament references, which we'll, we'll, we'll just, we, have, we will inundate um, our listeners with biblical references because there's so much. Um, one, one theologian, I've, I've mentioned uh, my affinity for Louis Burkhoff. I'm a big Burkhoff fan, but he says this. I think this really captures the spirit of what you were trying to say. He says the spiritual proof, or excuse me, the scriptural proof for the doctrine of creation is not found in a single and limited portion of the Bible, but is found in every part of the Word of God. I mean, mm-hmm. it it's even if it's not explicitly stated, I think it's... Um, understood or implied behind the text mm-hmm. yeah right is that fair to say mm-hmm. that no yeah absolutely I mean, I mean i think even just one offhand even in second corinthians 4 when it uh, that text is talking about uh, light being brought into the heart of the sinner and, and in the face of jesus christ it's alluding back to yeah. creation mm-hmm. e- even in that text so mm-hmm. i mean yeah it's from genesis to revelation it, there's an overwhelming argument for god as creator right you mentioned Revelation. Um, of course, what God is going to do in this universe after everything here is said and done, He's going to uncreate this world, in fact, mm. and make a new heavens and a new earth altogether. Yeah. You know, so you have that sort of that defining aspect of who God is. God is creator at the beginning and the end of his book. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a good reminder for us that the poetic nature of of God's beginning activity and ending activity in this world is built around the concept of creation. Yeah. Now I'm glad you dude, that fires me up. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because that is so true. Because he uh, does uncreate, mm-hmm. right? Second Peter three, and then recreates the new heaven and the new. I mean, this this creation aspect of God is so critical to yeah. who he is. Well, Josh said it. He said that, that God is creator. Yeah. Like this is not just. It, it's intricately tied to who he is. The work of God flows out of the being of God. That's the natural connection between the two. And and to say that um, God is not creator, but he happens to create is nonsensical, mm. right? Like, mm. because he is a creator, he creates. And because he has a creation, he's a creator. So they're, they're intricately connected in that way. Yeah, that's good. So uh, basic definition for creation? Where, where, where will we land on a basic definition for creation? Oh, man. Um, 
As simple and basic as you think we can get. Right. In one sentence, um, it's the divine act of God bringing into being everything that exists out of nothing. Okay. Like, so I think, out of ab- so not pre-existent matter. Moving out. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think you have to have that clause there at the end, or that phrase at the end, because that that is part of what it means to be created is that it comes from nothing. That the, that God is the source of that. It's not mm-hmm. pre-existent. Mm-hmm. Would Would you add anything to that definition? Yeah. No. It, it's occurring to me. I think um, it was C.S. Lewis who uh, perhaps said this in Mere Christianity. I'm not sure. Um, Exactly, but uh, the thought uh, just struck with me. He said, um, pantheism uh, is out of date. Basically, that's its flaw. Pantheism is out of date. Because before God mm. created, all that was was God. Mm. That God was all there was before he created. Um, and, and so pantheism is just tragically <laughs> behind the times. Yeah, is, is the right, right. <laughs> Lewis has a way of doing that, doesn't he? Okay, um, l- let me ask you this. It, the world did not exist in eternity past. God brought it into existence. We would say out of absolutely nothing. How is it possible for God to exist before there was space and time? I used to get that question and up until this last school year. All the time, kids would ask, how is it possible for God to create space and time and to be in existence to do that before space and time were mm-hmm. actually brought mm-hmm. forth? How 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 would in any oh, he's other or? he's other than his creation mm-hmm. okay yeah that's yeah. fundamentally that's the, that's the key mm-hmm. that's right yeah because he, he's distinct from it like yeah. he's not bound by space or time okay right. there you go yeah, yeah right. space and time did, did not have any hold upon god he's uh i think josh had the best he's other he's he's distinct he's different um which is part of what we talked about with the attributes and the being of god right the holiness of god he's distinct he's set apart that's who he is and he's not um, constricted space and time are a creation of God Himself. Those those do not exist prior right. to God's uh, speaking them into existence. Yeah, Even good. that phrase in the beginning mm-hmm. is the creation of time, <laughs> right? Like that that doesn't exist prior yeah. to that. What what is before the beginning? There's that that doesn't exist. There's mm-hmm. nothing before mm-hmm. the beginning of time. Yeah. So. Um, we don't have we have finite minds that can't wrap our brains bound around by that. Time. <laughs> bound by time, right. bound by space, succession of moments. We can't, yeah, yeah we God can't conceptualize. Not. That's right. right. That's right. right. Um, okay, we talked broadly about creation. I, okay. I want to ask this. Um, we're, we'll we'll come back in a separate episode. In fact, um, we're gonna want to walk through Genesis one and two. Um, hopefully, in the next episode, where we talk about the views and understandings of Genesis one and two. Right. Um, these different. Um, how do you view the day? How do you view these frameworks? All those things. So kind of glossing over that and, and skipping past that, let me let me ask this question. What what are certain characteristics? Or we, we've got that working definition, right, where God speaks these things into existence. Um, that's what creation is. But how would we start to break this down to give us um, tangible characteristics or, or something that makes uh, a defining point of cr- of creation. So where 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 would you start? Give me give me yeah. something and let's go. Let's roll with it. My favorite um, of these uh, descriptions of creation is fiat. Uh, what is not, that? What does that because, mean? Well, it's a really cool car, it, right? That's what I was about <laughs> to ask, right? So so what what the word fiat is when you think of um, of the term fiat money, right? Like the U.S. currency, the dollar bill is fiat currency because the government declares its value, mm. right? So fiat is, is a pronouncement. It's a, it's a declaration. And so when we talk about creation, Bible um, tells us that God's creation is fiat creation. He spoke it into existence in the mm. beginning. Um, you know, uh, let there be let light, there yeah, be, of course. Right. Um, let there be, let there be again and again. Yeah. And so creation is fundamentally by fiat from God. I knew there was a reason we brought him in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, cool. I'm just worried I'm going to get replaced. Um, you know, that's, that's oh, my man. fear. Nonsense. Um, I shot all my bullets now. <laughs> no. Well, no, that I, was good. I totally, yeah, I, t- I think that that's an incredibly important um, component that we can't gloss over. Um, as you mentioned, let there be Psalm 33, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, right? Like this is God speaking, um, willing what he wants to exist to come into existence. Um, now, is there any correlation with that in John one? 
Explain your question. With, well, any court with, <laughs> with, with God yes, decreeing or commanding by His Word, yeah. Jesus also being called yeah. the Word in, in John chapter one. Yeah, I mean John one yeah. is is a direct parallel. John is. I went drawing panic. There. I just went panic right there for a minute. Well, I'm like, am I drawing at, something there? When you looked at me like that, I thought, are we going to have another gift being made out of out of that face? Um, no. Yes, uh, John yeah. one is is directly tied to Genesis one. That's part yeah. of John's. Um, activity there is he's trying right. to heighten the deity of Christ by connecting him back to Genesis one. So yes, yeah. certainly there's in the beginning parallel. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah. There's yeah, there's there's intentionality there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Lance, give me another one. We've got fiat creation ex nihilo. Gosh, you guys are crushing it with the vocabulary, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I don't think there's a car named after that though, well, right? Not that I know of. Um, yeah. What is what does ex nihilo mean? Yeah, that God is. He's creating everything that we see in Genesis 1 and 2. He's creating all of that out of absolutely nothing, mm. right? No pre-existent matter, um, nothing existing beforehand that he's kind of formulating and putting together and bringing about right. for creation. Okay. It's So there's not like a divine like Lego set up there that he's putting together. Uh, no, that would be amazing. To, <laughs> right. <laughs> But you, but the the point being right that yeah. that he is creating those things by his and why is that significant? I mean, I know we've kind of already touched on it, but what what in of itself makes that a distinction or a an important distinction about creation? Well, to say that he created ex nihilo. I mean, again, it, it defines and it brings light to who God is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to mm-hmm. who his character, who his essence, to. He owes nothing to anyone. Sure. Right. He's right. not like man. Mm-hmm. He's not like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so did God have to create? Did he have to? Did he need to? Gosh, such a good question. Did he want to? How, how do we kind of narrow down? How do we kind of yeah, narrow I like that down? I like this one, too. Um, you know, the, uh, the fact that God created um, was not necessitated by anything, mm-hmm. um, you know. So we we talk about creation as being a free act of God. Um, you know, the uh, conversation uh, around the Trinity off, often gets there. That um, you know, Jesus says in John seventeen that um, you know, the, before the foundation of the world, um, he had fellowship with the Father, and right. the Father loved him. Yeah. Right. God did not need to create a world in order to be love. Mm. Right. Um, God was not. Um, bound by anything to create. He could have not created, um, you know, uh, conceptually. Um, he was free in that act. Um, you know, Psalm 115, verse 3 says, but, but our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Um, and, and ultimately, that, that then leads that to... <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, well, <laughs> was, you know, a couple of times that appears uh, just that the Lord does whatever he pleases. Mm. Um, and he was pleased to create this universe. Well, uh, you, you made the statement that God did not have to create, and conceptually we could we could imagine that there could have been a situation where he didn't, and had he not created, God would have been no less than who he is. Mm-hmm. God would have been no less glorified than he is. Mm-hmm. His, his glory mm-hmm. um, is only made manifest and extant in his creation. Like, it, it, it becomes... Um, it, it, it becomes apparent to his creation of who he is, but creation itself does not alter God. It does not give God anything that he lacked. Um, yeah, so his intrinsic glory exactly remains the, remains same, the exact same, regardless if right. he had yeah. created or there not. There was no external compulsion on God uh, forcing him to create and nothing lacking internally that, that made him desire or he wasn't bored. He wasn't lonely. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't lacking fellowship or la- any of those things. This was completely, um, out of his free choice, his, his good desire. Um, and, and it is from that, that he decided to create because he is God and because yeah. he is good. Yeah. Nehemiah nine, six says, you are the Lord, you alone. Mm. You have made heaven, yeah, the heaven of heavens, right? Right. Gosh, that's and that's that's exactly what we mean when we say that God was free in His choice to create. So um, you mentioned the the glory of God yeah. being extant and and manifest through His creation. Expound on that some more. I mean, yeah. So uh, basically, the point being that God does not attain more glory 
through the the worship of his creation. Mm-hmm. In other words, that glory is intrinsic. It's who God is, but it's now made manifest or it's now visible to um, this created world. And so it becomes uh, something that can be witnessed and adored and praised and, and worshiped. Um, how, how would you add to that? Yeah, I was thinking... Um, of the of the beauty uh, yeah. of creation, mm. um, you know, uh, the, the beauty of creation reflects the beauty of God. Oh, yes, uh, right. Uh, and the and the glory, if you will, like it says in, in Psalm nineteen, the heavens declare yeah. uh, the glory of God. Yeah. Um, because when I look up into the night sky, I see the beauty of the night sky. I see the glory of the night sky. Or if I look at photos from the Hubble Space Telescope, mm-hmm. and I see how magnificent uh, and, and awe inspiring those are. That is a statement to me made by God about himself. And it was unnecessary, mm. right? Like mm. that does, life does not require some of those things. Mm. Yeah, life does beauty. not require right. that beauty. Right. Right. Um, there are yeah. basic um, basic laws and fundamentals of life that would exist whether or not we had beautiful flowers, mm. right? Like yeah. whether or not you could look into the night sky and see the handiwork of God put on display. But I think exactly what you said, that yeah. that gives, that is a declaration made by God that says, this is who I am. I am creative. I am uh, glorious. I'm beautiful. Um, and this creation is meant to reflect that uh, of who he is. Yeah. yeah remember, good. he didn't leave us without a witness, witness right? right? The book right, of Acts says, right. yeah. Pretty beautiful witness. Yeah, right? that's, that's so true. And and not it, it's unnecessary. He did not have to make the animal kingdom to be so intricate and beautiful and, and right. fascinating. Like we get to discover or part of food that to is. be tasty. It, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's a, yeah. a perfect thing. We could we we could have sustenance that didn't um, require the the savoriness of of wonderful uh, delicious food. But that's a gift to him. That's a grace from God. Mm. Um, um, another aspect. Um, that I think of, we've already mentioned it, but I think it's worth um, touching on again, is the fact that this is indeed um, a Trinitarian work. Yeah. comes right from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I would want to emphasize, and I think systematic theologians have done this, um, that the Father is in the foreground of creation. Yeah. When we think of creation, we think of God the Father um, initiating creation. Um, 1 Corinthians 8, 6 uh, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. So God, the Father, is the one who initiates. But talk to me about how the Son and the Spirit are active in creation as well. Because it's not just God, the Father, right? right yeah. that's, that's active in Yeah, creation. well, the New Testament sheds light on this. John 1 that we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um, talks about all things coming into existence through him. Mm-hmm. Colossians 1, which I think we referenced in a previous episode, yeah. you know, essentially does the same thing. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 also declares that Christ mm-hmm. was actively participating in creation. So, again, it's just overwhelming New Testament evidence yeah. that God, yes, is creating, which we've established, but Christ is right there with him mm-hmm. uh, participating in this yeah. yeah 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 and then of course god the spirit um you know from genesis 1 right um we see his presence there hovering over the waters mm. and of course the the doctrine of the trinity which you guys have already discussed was a as a develop was a development throughout right. the progression of scripture right um uh but uh, it was there mm. you know um uh, penned by moses um which Looking back, we can see. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I I like to think of it as creation coming uh, from the Father, through the Son, in the Spirit, right? Like the the Father kind of becomes the source of this divine activity, um, but it's the means by which it's accomplished includes both the Son and the Spirit as well. Yeah, as agents. Right, right, right. Yeah, Um, I think it's the importance, too, of using the totality of Scripture whenever you're defining any doctrine. That's right. You don't want to leave out Christ and the Spirit when we talk about right. creation. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. They're both there. Um, okay, what else? Um, I know there's maybe there, one or two other components <laughs> yeah. that we need to get to because we got it. We've yeah. got to get to providence. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're making our point, but what? Yeah, what we're else? getting close to wrapping it up. Well, yeah, I think we're good. Okay. What, what? What other? What other characteristics or components of creation need to be highlighted for us? Well, we've mentioned that um, it it covers time, space, and matter. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be. Uh, comprehensive. Okay. Pull that down to one word. Yeah. Um, you know, I think of Isaiah forty six nine and ten, where uh, 
um, the prophet says that God was declaring the end from the beginning. And mm. so you have that opening in Genesis 1, in the beginning, um, in God's yeah. uh, created beginning. Uh, you know, um, God sits over, you know, we think I of, love that. Oh, that's yeah. a great verse. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You, think yeah. of, you know, you think of like a timeline on a piece of paper. Um, you know, God can see all of it at one time. Right. Uh, God right. sits outside of it mm-hmm. uh, and, in fact, declares where it starts and where it ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, God's not moving through time with us right. as we're, you know, right. that's, it's it's fascinating. It's mind-boggling, but um, it is. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's comprehensive in all that he has done. Um, in that act of creation. yeah, I mean, this is our this is our God. I mean, this, right. is, this is beautiful. Right, right. That, going back to Isaiah forties, uh, it says that God sits above the circle of the uh, earth. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. Mm. I mean, he. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I love that 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 picture there. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Um, anything else? Any other characteristics before we draw wrap up some some conclusions or some kind of takeaways from the discussion of of creation. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you yeah, want to add? Anything, anything that needs to be said? Hmm. I mean, of course. I think we'll probably talk more about it in Providence. You know, okay. Okay. Well, then, yeah, yeah, so then, good, then let's but. let's wrap this up then, and in terms of creation, and then we'll transition to Providence. So, um, what are some takeaways, some conclusions based on what we've just said? Why does this matter? Mm. Um, why, what effect does this have on yeah. my doctrine, my theology, my life? Yeah. The first you, thing that comes to mind just from, you know, what we've all been saying here is that this is inspiring us to worship, mm. right? Um, Gosh. Yeah. It, you know, the, the, the thought um, that uh, so many um, atheists in our day um, w- try to preach this message that, uh, oh, isn't it, isn't it so inspiring that I am a piece of stardust? Um, that's <laughs> foolishness. It is. It's it, foolishness. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, uh, the, the, what we see in creation mandates that we worship mm. something, someone who put it all there. Right. Um, and the more that we learn about creation, uh, the more we learn of the brilliance of the creativity mm. um, and the um, worship worthiness yeah. of God. Yeah. Gosh, that's so well said. What, what, I, what I don't even add? know if I can add to a conclusion on that because that's ultimate. I mean, that's that, why we're here. That's right. Uh, that's to, what theology to, is, yeah, right? To, that's what to glorify God. Yeah. And man, creation is just a beautiful witness and evidence of how unique and how supreme and how creative, I guess pun intended on that, yeah, he right. is in the, all the intricacies of right. literally everything that we see in everyday life. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the one thing I would add that's already been said, I would just restate it, is um, just that God is supreme over his creation, right? Like, he is the one who has created. Yeah, that's where Josh started. I think that's a good place to wrap up to say that when we consider all these things with creation, you mentioned worship, but there's a submission that happens, that God is indeed the one who dictates, controls the sovereign uh, God upon and above his creation who is right in whatever he does with his creation because it is his creation so yeah that's good okay let's transition providence providence because second component because god's work doesn't stop there right like sometimes whether we mean to or not i think sometimes we have this concept that genesis 1 happens and then god takes his hands off the wheel right but we know from a careful reading of scripture and Mm -hmm. study that that's not the case um he's active active in preserving his creation right so he's, he's not the watchmaker R- yeah, okay know, that explain that back. explain that because i know what you mean but mm-hmm. what, what yeah do you mean so I, you know and and maybe one of you guys can can help me out with who um first popularized that concept but that god is is basically the watchmaker who put all the pieces uh in the right place who wound it tight and then set it loose mm. and then doesn't touch it right <laughs> Um, I don't know where know. that came from, but I'm, I'm familiar with the yeah. The Not comparison. the God of the Bible. That's right. That's right. No, no good, uh, sound Christian theologian came up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but okay. So we agree that he's not. What? How would we define providence? How do we? Let's start navigating through um, what we say the Bible does teach us about God's sustaining work in creation. Yeah, well, he created everything, so now he governs it and upholds it. Okay. In other, he doesn't detach himself from his beautiful handiwork, mm. right? Um, I mean, I guess in the same degree that 
when we would create or we would build or we would invent something, we, we are attached to what we have made. Yeah, we have a vested interest sure. in yeah. what happens to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe a textbook definition. What is providence? Is this continued action of God or the ongoing action of God in preserving his creation and simultaneously guiding it uh, toward his intended creative purposes. Mm-hmm. So God so we maintains that. Every right? every second, yes. God is doing this. Every, every, yes, even to the degree that you can't even say every second. It's just ongoing, okay, yeah. right? Like <laughs> like divide that right. second down to right. an, uh, the, the most, to the nth degree, and God is constantly uh, and actively. I, I want to emphasize that, that it's active. It's not, as Josh mentioned, this watchmaker who has already fine-tuned and then just taking his hands off and just watching it go but he's active in this yeah and not only because he wants to um but because if earth is to be he must Mm, right that's okay Um, yeah and what i mean by that is for example you see in things like the entropic principle where Mm. things are are um constantly moving from order to less chaos yeah um could or i mean it, it it you know, basically, the um, unbelieving mind assumes that Earth, if undisturbed, will just carry on, mm. right? If uh, th- that the universe undisturbed right. uh, will continue to do its thing, um, but that's that's actually impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know, God must be sustaining um, uh, my body, the cells of my body. Uh, the, the 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 so much smaller the atoms in the cells that's of right. my body that's right um, for me to continue being yeah that's that's really good so what what you're hitting on there if when you look at providence there's really two aspects there's a preservation aspect and a governmental aspect and we're talking first about this preservation aspect so this preserving or this act of God maintaining or holding together his creation, as you mentioned. This is um, God protecting his creation against destruction, um, his provision for um, all the needs, everything Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. needs sustenance in creation. God is active in preserving, maintaining, holding together, um, as you mentioned, because if he didn't, Mm -hmm. it would not. Mm -hmm. It would not hold together. Mm -hmm. are we making this up, or are there biblical no? Uh, well, yeah, references I mean, to I this? think we had I think we had them on the episode outline here, but it just made me think of Hebrews. I, yeah, I just saw you getting stir crazy with the Bible, <laughs> and I thought you were no. about to you know try well, to rebuke me. But yeah, no, not a, not at all. I wouldn't okay. do that. Not, okay, not on air at least. <laughs> not, not with our not with our friends here. Yeah, but we're told. <laughs> I mean, many references that it that God and this one actually referring to Christ is mm-hmm. upholding everything by the word of His power, mm-hmm. right? Nehemiah chapter 9 tells us that God preserves mm-hmm. everything that he created. Again, the overwhelming argument of Scripture right. consistently is, is that God is, in fact, sustaining yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I, we've, I think we've mentioned Colossians 1 already. Uh, we've mentioned the, the work of Christ um, in creation, but Colossians 1.17 says that in Christ all things hold together. I think that kind of captures what mm-hmm. uh, you were saying, Josh, about the necessity of God maintaining and holding together his creation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And that 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 doesn't just mean uh, matter, right? Right. Um, help me out. Uh, what else what, what else does that pertain to? I mean, um, God sustains the life mm-hmm. uh, of all living things. God God sustains the the natural laws, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of in Genesis chapter 8. Moses, uh, Moses, Moses comes off. The <laughs> yeah. yeah, Moses is writing. You gotta save. You gotta save yourself Thank there. You. Moses Thank with you. the pen. That's what I was writing about. <clears throat> Noah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost started speaking in tongues. Um, uh, Noah and his family come off the ark. God makes this covenant with uh, Noah and with all of humanity mm-hmm. um, and succeeding generations, um, saying that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Yeah. And those mm. are ordinances that God preserves, right? Yeah, that's I that's a really good point to think these laws of nature um that is the means by which God has dictated that he might maintain and preserve the stability of the universe as mm-hmm. we said like the, mm-hmm. it's not this is not yeah, exactly. Mm. This is not just something that happens and God says, "Okay, well because of that that gravity exists and night and day and these are things that God has 
put in place as a way to preserve. Mm -hmm. This is a decision made by God to maintain um, order and stability within his creation. Yeah. Psalm 104, he made the moon for the seasons. Mm. I don't know if we get all four seasons here in Texas, but <laughs> but some places season in the nets. world they get yeah. that. We have, we have season nets. Yeah, season that's, nets. that's exactly right. Um, and, yeah. and Josh mentioned the sustenance of living things. Um, I think about Matthew 6. Um, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, but your heavenly Father feeds mm. them. Right, like you don't you don't look out at the at the animals of creation and wonder like are they working a nine to five so they can run up to the grocery you know like God yeah. he provides for his creation he he maintains life um, he sends rain he sends sunshine the plants grow um, he yeah. he he provides for his creation he opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing right, right. Psalm one forty five right yeah that there it is. Um, so this, this is too good. Yeah, this, 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 this guy's so got to come back up with right? all these references, though. <laughs> so, all the, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, okay. Let Let's shift gears. Okay. We've talked about preservation. I think is it, that is the continuation of God's creation. It's a it's an active work by which God uh, maintains, preserves uh, the creation that He has established. But let's talk about the other side of providence. That is the governmental side. What do, what yeah, do I mean? That. Let me ask you. You, you want me to yeah, define it? What do you mean it? by the governmental side? Um, okay, this is, is God. God a Republican? Or a <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. We need to distinguish between uh, man-made government and what I mean here when I say uh, govern. Think of God governing or directing or accomplishing something. So this is the, the activity of God whereby he um, is ordering all things to accomplish his purposes. And mainly the the, the significant and, and most high purpose that he has is to glorify himself. So everything that happens um, comes under the directive of God's hand, governing and moving creation in a way to accomplish that goal, to accomplish that purpose. Um, this is more um, specific type of an intentional type of uh, preservation or providence. Okay, so what would be yeah. some classic Old Testament examples that would illustrate this that I think most people would probably recognize yeah. if you gave the ones that I'm thinking of? Yeah, well, I'm going to attempt to read your mind here, <laughs> yeah. and I hope I'm right, because if I'm not, I'm going to look like a fool. But there are different areas and aspects in which God's governing activity show up, um, one being nature, like the laws of nature that we mentioned. Mm -hmm. But there are times when... You've got these seasons, you've got the rains coming and the sun coming, but there are times when God does these incredibly significant active things like the flood, okay. right? Like right. the flood comes upon the earth. This is an act of God where it's kind of defying the laws of nature, but it's moving creation the way he wants it to go. Right. Like he's, he is right. wiping out, he's pouring out his wrath, but he's doing it in a directive way. Right. Yeah, I think that comes back to one of the aspects of God's creation um, that we didn't um, get to. I'm just holding off for this part mm -hmm. of the conversation was was that it was planned. Yeah. Um, in God's um, decree from eternity, mm -hmm. um, and that includes its beginning. Um, that includes its preservation and operation, and it includes its end. Right. Right. It's it's, it's right. replacement, in fact. Um, and so you have you have you know, pastors like Daniel 2, which is probably not the more well-known that you <laughs> yeah. were referring to, but 2.21. But still a good one. Okay, says, I'll let that slide. Yeah. yeah. He says, he changes, speaking of God, times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. But it's God who is at work, having decreed what will be um, in his creation, and that includes uh, the activities of people. Right. Um, it includes catastrophes on the earth mm -hmm. like the flood right yeah like so will we categorize that i guess i think of even in terms of general providence what would we categorize any of those things as a special providence like when we're talking about the flood like that's not a normal situation does that fall into the category mm -hmm. of miraculous work, a special providence, or Jonah and the whale? Was right. maybe another one that I was thinking right. of. Look, we see fishing and fish and yeah. all of those things all throughout Scripture, but mm -hmm. here we have an instance where 
God is clearly governing right. what the whale yeah. is doing in that particular situation. So Yeah, I mean, think about all the other fish in the sea at the time that this occurs. All those other fish are doing exactly what God created them to do. They are, he is maintaining that creation. He's preserving that creation. He's feeding them. Um, all of the animal kingdom is is continuing as God intended. But this one animal is taken for a, di- a divine directive to go and accomplish an, in- an intentional mm-hmm. task. Right. Um, I've been reading through the Old Testament lately. Second Kings, bears and lions are like just... You know, directed <laughs> out to yeah. kill and, and yeah. devour. Even when they're not hungry. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like that. But that's so yeah. all the other bears and lions and animals are maintaining this preservation aspect. And you've got this special directive occurring because God is um, providentially, um, to use the, the language we're, we're talking about here with God's providence, but he's providentially directing his. Uh, he's directing the story, right? Like he's yeah. orchestrating, as you mentioned, this decree. He is ac- he's seeking to accomplish his purpose. We know that he's pointing to Christ and then ultimately to the end, the consummation. But he's he's guiding this story to in such a way um, that he can accomplish those purposes. Um, My mind is just blown. He's he's simultaneously yeah, uh, yes <laughs> amongst every possible situation that is occurring. He's working. Yes. Yeah, I think I think it was Spurgeon that said that even if you were to, like, at least in the, in the mornings, the sun is coming in the window, mm. and you can see dust particles falling. Sp- yeah. Spurgeon says that that God is providentially governing each I individual speck of dust. I You've heard that? that? Yes. Mm. I, okay. Did I did I, do I that no, justice? That, yes. That's I mean, that, that's just. Oh man! I, I think I think I've heard Piper talk about this before in a sermon on Colossians one about all things holding together. Okay. Where he talks about he he probably took that from Spurgeon, but I think he says like there's not a single molecule on the planet that is out of place at any time. Yeah, it's always where God wants it to be because God is moving right. towards those intended purposes. It's not a maverick molecule, it, right? Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, what what okay. other what other things come to well, mind with well, God's providence, especially this? So is is, ran, is, is random, is random yeah. just an actual thing? Is there such thing as a coincidence? Or, right. Or, you want to no. answer that? Yes. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. I like Proverbs sixteen. Um, I think it's verse thirty three. Um, it escapes me at the moment. You are correct. Yes, that's it. Okay. Oh, there it is. Uh, we have it in fact on our own. Right. <laughs> that's uh, right. The the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's of course good. you see that constantly used um, in in the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, where where God is orchestrating even things that appear to be random. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about Jonah related to that. Remember when the storm comes, yeah, they the cast lots. lots, and the lot falls to Jonah. Well, of <laughs> yeah. course it was going to fall to Jonah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that wasn't an accident. Yeah. Like that. You know the the things that appear random like a roll of the dice that's not it's not random mm-hmm. when you re- when you realize that God is actually governing and and directing those things to occur as he pleases right um that's right. that's the key yeah. um what so so do we believe in chance or luck I think we would reject that. Yeah, I think we have to. Um, yeah, we yeah. would re- we'd reject that. When people yeah. wish me good luck, I say, you mean good providence? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's popular. <laughs> it hasn't caught on yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the T-shirt. Yeah. But, but that, I think uh, in all honesty, like we joke about that, but that is, that's a right. the proper perspective, and that's sure. the right way to look at things. And it doesn't mean that... It doesn't mean that like the laws of large numbers or whatever don't exist. Sometimes God uses those means, right, to oh, yeah. create or to uh, give the appearance of randomness. Yeah. But those are those are means by which God has chosen to allow that to happen. His ordinance, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, okay. What what conclusions? Well, before I jump to conclusions, anything else we need to highlight with? Before, but without opening, you, without you opening start the up timer. And, well, I, yeah, a little bit late, so <laughs> I think we're okay. Uh, but well, I think the last thing that we have here, and I know you're about to say we don't want to open this. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Nah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I should. The choices of man. What about humanity? What what about in, in this situation here with all three of us? Mm-hmm. You know, meeting one another, uh-huh. and you know, now now, now we're seated here recording an episode about providence how, how does that 
factor into my life, your right. life, or right. did you know, Josh, our family's life. Did Josh choose to get matched up one-on-one with you yeah. uh, so you could take him on at the middle of center court? Why, or? why would you think that I didn't choose that? <laughs> I'm, no. a, I'm asking the You've question. You've never seen me play ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm asking the question. I know I didn't choose it. Um, but, yeah, how, yeah, how would you respond to that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, um, am I going to let God be God? Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. You know. That's uh, true. Am I going to let God be God in his, in his decrees? Um, uh, y- you know, I th- <clears throat> there's... That really is a conversation with many. Yeah, it's another episode. Uh, That's why I said that. We're because we're not talking about, um, you know, what I what I choose to um, do with my spare time. Right. You know, talking about what type of cereal you want to eat. Right. We're also going to talk about salvation. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. We're going to talk about the fact that I exist. I didn't choose to exist. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and uh, am I going to let God be God at the end of the day? Um, and uh, that's what it boils down to. I think, I think that's a good, yeah, a good, good perspective yeah. that we can, we can say, hey, look, God is going to be God. We're okay with that, and we'll come back and address the specific issues at another time. But the point stands that the activity, choices, movement of men, they're all underneath the divine orchestration of God himself. Right. Because to say that it's not is to suggest that God's, creation is now running contrary to what he desires mm-hmm. and that doesn't fit with a our experience and b any of this of the biblical testimony right like nothing of that sort yeah um so what what kind of conclusions do we draw from this section um uh, related to the doctrine of providence is there anything that providence teaches us specifically that maybe we m- don't quite see with creation well, we're I mean, distinct from creation. I, I think we could sometimes fall into the category again of thinking that God is absent and that God isn't mm-hmm. active and that God is passive and he, he's not working, but he hasn't ceased working at any point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say too much because in the initiative. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, want you to be able, no, I want you to be able to <laughs> well, do that I, separately. I think it, I th- I think it builds on... Um, and 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 contributes to God's character, to our mm-hmm. um, understanding of God's character, uh, in a way that creation alone does not. Right, mm-hmm. because God is not a watchmaker. Right, mm-hmm. does not. Um, Which you s- might assume if you way. just had the doctrine of creation, you might assume he's a watchmaker. But because of the mm-hmm. doctrine of providence, mm-hmm. you know he's not. Yeah, we see that. We see the care of God for His creation mm-hmm. and providence. That's good. Um, we see more of the supremacy. Um, you know, in providence than in creation alone, um, we see uh, you know the tenderness of God and mm-hmm. the um, the judgment of God also, mm. um, and yeah. catastrophism. That's good. Um, I would say too the the other thing that this reminds me of, and I, I think Josh really hit it earlier was that creation is not self sufficient. Like the creation is not able to sustain on its own. Mm-hmm. That without God's active involvement in creation we would fall apart quite literally but Mm -hmm. the chaos would just ensue right throughout all creation i mean common grace a separate uh, episode separate topic but god has kept this world from just imploding from the inside out because he is sustaining and uh orchestrating guiding providentially through his his created order yeah so yeah the initiative? Yeah. We need, we need something quick? Yeah. What, okay. You give it to me. I know I know you want to go first, so nobody else steals yours. No. What do you, what do you got? I, well, I mean, my I think that this doctrine is just comforting. Mm. It's, it's Again, it's comforting that God just hasn't detached himself from what he has created. Um, it, it's comforting to know that he's orchestrating everything primarily for his own glory, right? Yeah. Uh, what brings him the most glory, but, but also... Um, for my good and you know mm-hmm. there's plenty of texts that speak on that Romans 8 Ephesians 1 or, or a couple um, but it's, it's just comforting yeah. again that God is uh, still actively pursuing and working and engaged um, he hasn't left us to our measly selves yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good um, man take away from me the initiative today <laughs> I would say as I've as I prepared for this and as we've had this conversation that I'm reminded that the same God from Genesis 1 and 2, right, this all-powerful, almighty, sovereign God that creates and speaks the world into existence, 
is the same God from Genesis 3 on who is actively yeah. uh, sustaining, guiding, moving his creation to his intended end. And so I can trust that the end is going to be perfect because the creation was perfect and that that power and might and beauty and glory it was on display in the original creation is still part of who God is as he moves that creation to his purposes. Yeah, that's so good. I would yeah. I would echo that's a comforting thing yeah. for me. So can I make an initiative also? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we, we right. got you down. You're here. required Absolutely. to have one. Actually. It wasn't populated in the outline, but I'll <laughs> um, so in Romans one we see that um, um, God's um, uh, attributes are clearly seen uh, in creation um, and evident to every person whom He has created. And I like what Acts seventeen says um, mm. that you know, speaking about not just um, God's creation, but even His providence over uh, borders and nations and mm. times yeah. um, mm. of people. Um, Paul preaches and says this. He does this so that they, the nations, would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, um, though he is not far from each one of us. Mm. So creation and providence both remind us of that God is not far from each one of us, and we can't deny he's there. Mm. Um, we need to seek our creator and sustainer. Yeah. Gosh, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we brought this guy yeah. out. I'm glad yeah. he made the well, drive. Well worth it. Well worth it. Uh, it's been fun. Thank you for letting me be a part of the show, even yeah. though the hair on my head is on <laughs> top and, and not on my yeah. chin. Hey, you'll get there. <laughs> you'll get there. Uh, if you're not doing so already, make sure you're subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. You can leave us a good review on there. Make sure you're following us um, on Instagram and Twitter at r underscore informants. Like us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, check out our website at themajestiesmen.com backslash reformed informants. Yeah, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, or suggestions for topics of discussion, uh, reach out to us at reformedinformants at gmail.com. 